Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> you ready for the studio bit? <laughs> Welcome to Food for Thought, a podcast gab fest where in a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex, Mm. identity, culture, Mm. what we like to read, and who we like to read. (laughs) Food for Thought. Can we fix you a plate? <laughs> you look hungry. <laughs> or thirsty. I'm Tommy Teebs Pico. I'm a writer, editor, and like sometimes I pee on people at the beach. <laughs> Just at the beach, though. Just on the beach. All I want to do is pee on people at the beach. Pee on people at the beach. Pee on people at the beach. <laughs> I'm Fran, a writer, editor, and my horcrux is a bottle of Lorazepam. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Um, I'm Joseph Osmondson, writer, <laughs> scientist. Um, I'm a dildo sexual, oh. and I'm the thought most likely to have a lower back tattoo. <laughs> In that I already have one. You already have a back tattoo. <laughs> and I am Dennis Norris II, and I am a reader, writer, former figure skater, and Park Slope's premier Zaddy Whisperer. Oh, oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Janice, will you tell us what we have on the menu for today? I will always serve you what's up on the menu. For today's show, we play Thought Most Likely. I take you on a global tour of public thoughtery. Mm. We discuss daddies, zaddies, and mentors. And for dessert, we top you off with a little Canadian bacon. Perfect! Nom, 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 take it away. Get into us. Nom, 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 thoughts. It's time that we start our uproarious appetizer segment, Amuse Boosh. And the way we're going to amuse your booshes today is with a perfect superlative game, Thought Most Likely. Joe, will you tell us how it goes? Yeah, of course. Hi, everybody. Uh, this game is supposed to help you get to know us a little better. And more so, uh, just let us tell uh, our favorite and least favorite stories about one another. Yeah. Um, in this oh, game, I'm going to give, you know, a Thought Most Likely. Just say, a Thought Most Likely to do X or Y or Z. And we all together have to decide which one of us would fit that usually not so nice description. Mm. Does everyone? The does perfect it, outlet for oh, shade. I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm quaking in my heels. So terrified. Yeah, I will not be pretty. Just so y'all know, these were conceived by Tommy and Joe, and Dennis and I are in the dark. So there is a slight unfair home advantage. No, it's actually just me. Oh, uh, I thought it was you. And mm, oh, sorry. I've got a few that I can. You can I'll, I'll pepper in there a little. You should bit. absolutely pepper them. <laughs> my salty daddy tap. Pepper them in. Um, I'm going to start off kind of easy. Mm. Thought most likely to end up in jail. Teebs. 
Definitely, definitely Teebs. Teebs says Teebs. It's only going to be for, it's only assault, though. It's wait, only wait, assault. But I, feel, I feel like I come in a close second for, like, money laundering. Or, like, oh, yes. absolutely. Some white collar. Okay, yeah, so no, some white collar crime. going to prison. Yeah. I'm going to jail. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm going to, like, the spa federal, that Martha federal Stewart prison. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it leaves renovated better than when Martha Stewart was there. It's gorgeous. Um, yeah. Thought most likely to get away with murder. Fran, I think also me. Fran, that Fran is definitely. Yeah, 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 you're going to yeah, yeah. perfectly yeah. engineer that. It would be, if, if Fran yeah. has a problem, though, is that he would make a deck about his yeah, murder. Have, no. <laughs> the murder would be in the iCal. Would, <laughs> it would be, that's the thing. It would be I would, selling it, it to Lifetime. paper trail on my Google Docs. Exactly. Well, and, exactly. Selling it to Lifetime for a movie. This is Tommy. If I did it, I would have too much guilt and I would end up confessing. And if Dennis did it, it would be too messy. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And I would just get scared. Or you scared. wasn't murdered in a timely I manner. I believe that I would escape, though. I somehow wouldn't be caught. That is, that is very Dennis. You do get out of things. You do get out of things. I do. By, <laughs> by, by, either, by either talking really high or oh, by, like, okay. sucking dick. Like, those I mean, are the, yeah. the two go-tos. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Thought most likely to get a face tattoo. Teebs. Teebs. <laughs> I've already thought about it. Joe in a close second after like a nervous breakdown. After a nervous breakdown. Joe has like a like an insane midlife crisis and then yeah. gets like a teardrop tattoo. I, it's I in my it's, eye cal for next week. Unless it was Dennis getting like permanent makeup. <laughs> yes. The eyebrows just done. Oh. Yeah. Um, thought most likely to have a coexist sticker on the back of her Volvo. <laughs> Honestly, I think Pop, Dennis. I think Dennis. Dennis. Just because Dennis wouldn't know what it meant. Well, and also, I mean, my first car was a Volvo, so I'm halfway there. Um, thought most likely to secretly love musicals. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Honestly, I um, think maybe I think it's Tommy. Maybe. No, yeah. it's definitely it's not Tommy. Tommy. I'm so wounded right <laughs> now. It's not Tommy at all. This is no, the most you know unexpected. What? Secretly, Fran. I think it's Fran. Yeah, definitely. I think it's Fran. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Just make a musical about. Like, I decline to comment. And corporate America, and you're <laughs> good to go. The bitch actually loves how to succeed in business without really trying. I loved that musical. Except his musical would be how to succeed in business while trying really, really hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god perhaps going into I, debt and having a nervous breakdown I did, I did see it but just for Daniel Radcliffe because he's so uh, beautiful absolutely um, the correct answer is actually me but just for my sexual interests well I was yeah. gonna yeah. say like, <laughs> you were dating somebody that's true that is that's okay that's um, thought most likely to own at least one Taylor Swift album Dennis. No, it was Frank. It's, oh. it it's on my phone actually, right now. It is actually Frank. 1989 yeah. was ahead of its time. Ahead uh, of its time. Uh, One of the greatest albums to come out that year. That's, that's Maybe that's it's like friend. so ahead of its time that it's like in the past. Thought most likely to kill Dennis. Fran. Fran. Fran says Fran. Fran says Fran. Also, like, this is like the, 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 like, the reason why Fran might go to prison. <laughs> also true. 100%. Um, thought most likely to top Joe. Fran. Oh. Fran. Fran says Ooh. Fran. Uh, this, I was, who are you topping, though? I was a top for two of my year and a half long relationships. Yeah, my, my, my relationships are about 50 50 as well. I. Yeah, I'm I'm putting Fran on this one. Hmm. I think it's bo- both are right. I think it's both as well. I think we're yeah. tied. Yeah. Um, thought most likely to be wearing a jockstrap right now. Dennis. 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 <laughs> I am. Um, thought most likely to end up in the ER with a sex toy stuck up his butt. <laughs> <Joe>. Dennis. 
You and your butt problems, girl. <laughs> butt keeps keeps you in the hospital. Let's go by past precedent who uh, has already uh, been in the hospital with an ass injury. <sighs> that was a non-recreational ass injury, which is the worst part about it. True. Started off I as a recreational <laughs> situation. Um, as everything does. Thought most likely to star in his own sitcom. I think Dennis. Just Jack. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, maybe, maybe, just maybe. Yeah. With, all about the D. Yeah, See, I think yeah. we might, all about the D. All about, it's all about the D. the D. Um, that might change as we go through the next couple because the next one is thought most likely to star in his own non-scripted TV show. Non-scripted is another way that people in the industry oh. say reality. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, I think it actually would be Tommy. In I like think a, it would be Fran. A, a Tommy version Fran of Issa too. Rae. No, I think you you don't listen to Fran because Fran says specifically, "I will never do reality TV because I don't want it to." tarnish my brand but listen Show? if that check is big enough she surely will no I don't think so that's Actually, a misunderstanding no. of Fran I, I will be coerced by a check I don't care about I don't care about that's true you don't care I don't care about money I care about being powerful famous and powerful I think Fran <laughs> in one of Fran's early emails about the podcast he literally said a brand is worth way more than any amount of money so yeah. like not tarnishing the brands yeah um, Whereas uh, Tommy T. Seiko, I have no scruples. I same. cannot <laughs> wait <laughs> to sell the fuck out. I mean, I, I think the answer to that question is actually me. Mm, it, it could. It, I also could see. It I being could see you. Joe O. the Science Ho as a, as a reality yeah. TV oh. show, and I'm just I'm either in the lab meltdowns. or sucking dick. Oh, the public yeah. meltdowns are I so good. A reality TV show. True. 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 Um, the next one in this series is thought most likely to quote star unquote as the sassy gay sidekick in a housewives venture in a medium-sized midwestern city. Dennis. 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 <laughs> like um, that's we all knew the my high school experience. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, like, oh my god, and your future. <laughs> and your future. Um, thought most likely to win the national book award. Teebs. Teebs. <laughs> Unless I networked hard enough for it. I think <laughs> I mean I was just at the after party a few weeks ago. I think so. Dennis might actually be on that. They, they I feel like they love them some fiction. They the fiction category. Oh, that's you know what really, I mean? Yeah, yeah, but they're poetry people, they poetry people they, but they're never new. It, right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. People they choose are it's like a legacy, legacy award. Yeah. 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 Whereas it, the yeah. fiction people they actually pick sometimes yeah. young, mm-hmm. exciting writers. You're right, you're right. Thought most likely to be sued for libel by an ex boyfriend for a book. Oh. Joe. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah for Joe. sure. Because I wrote you, that one you really go over you, with you really step, you really toe that boundary. There are no lines there. In your fiction, you're like Dennis on the podcast in the sense that <laughs> Dennis don't give a fuck about his boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so there are two lefts. Um, I thought most likely to talk a lot about it, but never actually publish a book. <laughs> That's already a true thing. Friends, like, I'm, I just met with Followed. an agent with all ten pages of my book. Followed shortly by Dennis, who has been working on the same book for like nine years. Woo! Which okay, is, I mean, girl. that's a thing. That is a thing, working on a book for nine years. But every yes. year, it's like, oh, I just threw the whole thing away. It started like, again. That's actually that, just a different book. That, <laughs> like, that is a thing that I do. Yeah, um, that is true. And the final one, and this might actually, this might be the thing that breaks up the podcast. Uh-oh. <gasps> the Uh-oh. thought most likely to quit the podcast. <laughs> Tommy. Tommy's never committed to a thing in his life. That's true. <laughs> she, can't, she can't handle commitment. I have to, co- I have to convince life. myself to come every Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> he actually hates all of us. Like, I mean, this is easily the longest relationship Tommy's ever been except in. For, actually, except for Dr. John. 
Oh yeah, Dr. Dr. John, my therapist. <laughs> We've been together for 10 years, but this is a very close second because all the other ones was like two weeks. <laughs> um, I would like to, can I close yeah, with one? Please, please, Which is please, the please. thought most likely to have a nervous breakdown? Well, I mean, um, whoa. I'm having one right now. <laughs> I actually think it's a trick talk? question because we're tie. all likely to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we literally have yeah. yeah. women on the verge, thoughts on the verge of a nervous I mean, breakdown. <laughs> That um, could just be an episode. I have, I, I mean, thought most likely to try to cure her nervous breakdown with white woman yoga. Uh-oh. Oh, me. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's me because Dennis is, wouldn't do yoga. <laughs> Actually, I love yoga. I have a membership that I don't use in yoga work. Name that, one. Okay, that is not loving yoga, no, Dennis. You can and love that is yoga the most and never de- do oh yoga. Exactly. I actually think Fran would do it. You're absolutely right. I don't want to do yoga. Dennis, Dennis would talk a lot about yoga, yoga, but not actually do it. I do yoga <laughs> like fair. once or twice a That's week. Fair. That's oh fair. But I have done a lot of yoga in the past. You don't even know what yoga well, is. So. I, you know, <laughs> name one thing about yoga. He thinks it's a sex act. He thinks it's a tea. It kind of is. No, it was, it was actually an essential part of my training in figure skating. So I did a lot oh, of yoga okay. oh, throughout high okay. school. And did oh, okay. Up until oh, I was okay. about... Oh, that's cool. Oh, okay. yeah. Back when she was yeah. an athlete. Oh, okay. Back, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's like, oh, actually, like, yoga. yoga's like an exercise, not an acronym. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. I prefer Pilates, actually. Pilates is more fun for me. All right. So it's time for us to close up this segment right now. Oh, <laughs> um, that was really fun. I hope you all got to know us a little better. Some little man. Nom, nom. <laughs> For our next course, Dennis is going to serve us up an impure oh thought story spelled T-H-O-T. Dennis, T-H-O-T. take the wheel. Yes. Well, um, I'm here to talk about my very first real encounter with a daddy. Like the first one that actually went all the way. And can we just define for our listeners who might not be homosexuals what da- what we mean by daddy? Did you sleep with your father, Dennis? Okay, well, um, well, no, but when we talk about daddies, what we basically mean are hot, authoritative, older men, although they don't have to be, um, who are just in some way... Kind of like a daddy. Like, you know, they get, into, be... they get into that base where they're like, I'm, they a, I'm daddy. Yeah. And they, <laughs> and they hold you down and they do what they want to do and you are here for it. And it's, um, it, I mean, like when people talk about daddies in the media, I feel like people like Anderson Cooper, people like Andy Cohen are often considered like daddies. Right. In, in... Andy Cohen. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he prides himself in that on talking about older. how much of a top he right, is. And that they're older, older and, and that they powerful. have money power. and the power. It's, I think it's There's power. a salt and gray. There's some power Salt and pepper that. thing there yeah. with yeah, the yeah, hair. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, that's what it's really about. And then the idea is that traditionally with like a young Twinkie, like person or whatever trophy wife um, but also trophy the, wife. it doesn't mean that the daddy Boy. is getting top is topping though it does not well yeah i mean like the streets are talking about anderson cooper as a big bottom so he would be a daddy but he's oh a bottom God. it like, happens not just a, like a black hole you know what i mean like it sucks <laughs> in, like just light and yes. Yes. like makes its own <laughs> element like <laughs> under his giant portrait of his mother gloria vanderbilt on her over his bed oh my god <laughs> By the way, Anderson, you're being read for filth. Come on our podcast to defend yourself. Defend yourself. Tell the truth. Anyway, this is not about Anderson Cooper, but a few years ago, um, this actually takes place only a couple of months after when I lost my virginity. I was 27 years old. This was... (laughs) Everybody Everyone knows this already. Um, It was 2013, and I had just come home from a gay dinner party, and I was horny as fuck. So... I go on Grinder and there's this guy that I've been kind of eyeing for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. and he's like, he doesn't show his face, but he's really hairy and muscular. And I just like messaged him because I'm feeling bold and I'm feeling cute and I'm feeling like, what do I have to lose? And drunk. 
and drug. <laughs> drug. That's what alcohol does for me, like everyone else. So basically, he messages me back really quickly. We talk, we share some pictures, and within five minutes, he's like, you are exactly my type. You're feminine, you're slim. Um, he loved brown boys. And so I'm like, great, when are we going to hook up? We go back and forth for a couple of days. Has he shown you his face at this point? He has shown me. Okay. Wait, has he shown me my face? Wow. His face? I don't know if he did show me his face. Do we face, sleep actually. with people who haven't shown us their faces? Absolutely not. Uh-uh. I don't. I, no. I don't anymore. But <laughs> is that right. this is my tail face. That right is now? that is how that is hashtag adulting. Like <laughs> hashtag like, adulting. Not sleeping with people when you haven't seen their face. Yeah, yet. absolutely. Not. I want to. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but at this point, I may not have been that savvy yet because I was so new to everything. So anyway. We go back and forth for a couple of days, um, and then we finally meet up. And he's super hot. Like, I'm not disappointed in any way. Um, We hook up. (laughs) We have really incredible sex. He has a huge dick, which we all know is something that I enjoy. What kind of sex did you get up to? What was, what was your positions? Oh, (laughs) you were so new at this point, you were probably like... Yeah, I didn't totally... Missionary was just like... A mission mind changing fun. my life. I mean, yeah. a mission, missionary was a, missionary was a start, but there was some writing. He fucked me up against my desk, actually, oh, wow. which was wait, super wait, wait, wait. hot. So you went back to your house. Oh yeah, I hosted him at my place, my That's place so in Brooklyn. I lived in Park Slope at the time. So interesting. interesting I feel dynamic. like one of the things about daddies is they you, always have at their place. You typically imagine them having a really baller apartment and having well, you over. So this is sort of part of the story. Okay, oh, here we go. Okay. So okay. we have what is to that point. Like the best sex of my life, and it's, when it's the second time, but to be honest, you just understand. You're like this. It's it's still kind of one of the best. It still it, it is better? still it's still yeah. one of the better <laughs> better experiences. But I mean, this was this was probably like the fifth time I had sex, like the fourth or fifth time I had sex. It mm-hmm. had been like maybe three or four months. Um, and he he like after we have sex, he does something that I had actually written about once, but had I had an experience, which is that he, like, he fell asleep and stayed inside me for hours. Like, it was super hot, and what? I loved it. That does not and sound we, good to me. No, I But lo- it was flaccid? It, um, yeah, it was flaccid, I think, at the, at the that end. That doesn't... What? So it was long. It was fine. Huh? It was It was, it was a big dick. He had a big dick. So it was a shower... It, and a wow. Yes. The show are into growing deep. Yes. Okay. And we're That's fascinating. Well, yeah. so here's the thing. He is Italian and he was from Italy. So when he got there. Producer Alex is losing her mind right now. <laughs> so when he got Al- there, our I producer was like, Alex is Italian. She's back. Yes. This is spicy yeah. meatball. Listen. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> my teams did a spit take because of that. <laughs> my love We're going to be banned in Italy now. <laughs> Let's say offensive Italian things. <laughs> my love for spicy Italian men will never change because of this. You can't, you can't see me, but I'm totally doing it's the hand pizza gesture. Fingers. The pizza fingers. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's everything. Pizza. It's everything. Oh, he had like, <laughs> oh my God. I'm not drunk at all. I just have to say, I'm this 100% just, sober. You're not drunk. This is, you're just an asshole. This is where we are <laughs> on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday night. <laughs> That's like under your OK Cuban profile. I'm not drunk. I'm just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so anyway. Um, he has the perfect amount of chest hair. He smells amazing. I'm loving, like, <laughs> being held by him all night. Like, I am just, like, in my I world. I'm like, shit. yes, yeah. this oh, is, like, everything. So, at about 6 a.m., it's still dark, and he gets up, and he's like, yeah, I have to go. Um, and basically he, basically, he explains to me, he's like, yeah, I'm visiting here. I come to the States a lot for business, like, four to five times a year. I'm here on vacation this time. I'm here for like a month. I'm leaving at the end of this week. I'm, I wish we had met up sooner. Mm. And I'm staying with my friends. So oh. I need to get back to their 
their place. And I'm right. like, okay, fine. Like, totally understand it, whatever. It was so great to see you. And so then he's like, I'd like to see you before I leave. I'm leaving on Sunday. Can I see you Saturday night? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes, please. Mm-hmm. Yes, please, daddy. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like I want to see you. Mm-hmm. So this is like Tuesday or Wednesday. Yes, daddy. So <laughs> I was ready. So he was going to Connecticut for a few days. So we text a little bit back and forth. But I just get the feeling. I was like, I am not going to see this guy again. Mm-hmm. Like, like this was amazing. I know and feeling. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah, I'm yeah. not going to see him. Because people, just because those people are like, please save Saturday night for me. This was so amazing to see. Yeah. That don't mean that shit. Mean shit. shit. Yeah. Men that are intuition trash. Thing. Yeah. Um, Mm, You can just feel it in the air. Men men are trash. Men are trash. So I just like, I just like, no, I know. So (laughs) I'm getting kind of like emotional as the week progresses because I feel like I really want to see him. I Uh feel like it was this really special, amazing experience. I haven't heard from him again. But I haven't, I haven't heard from him much. Not Uh enough for me to feel confident that we're seeing each other. I texted my friends that morning. I was like, I got made love to for the first time. Like it was a whole, it felt like a whole nother level. Everything about it. Right. So Friday comes, I go to work, I leave work, I haven't heard from him at all, and I'm like, am I going to see you tomorrow? Am I going to see you? And um, I'm like, I'm like upset. Like, I just feel like I know. Have you texted him? This is actually a thought question, I think. Like, how often is it okay Mm. to like try to get someone to confirm plans? Yeah. But that is, there's no, nothing written in stone about what everyone has different, like, love languages over text messages, different expectations. Oh my God. I will, so I will text like once maybe, but I have a lot of pride and I don't want to be out here looking like I will be great a motherfucker. No. Like, the thing is, like, if it ain't going to happen, it ain't going to happen. It doesn't matter if I say it five times or two times. I need to be sure. Just though. tell me, right? Like yeah. I need, like I need me. to know. But I mean, like I'm not gonna like bug someone a bunch of times because I have too much pride to be out here sending the one the messages that are like, hey, hey, hey. Like that's I'm never gonna do that. So me neither, me either. So I maybe texted him once, and nothing, nothing was gonna happen. So I, I literally happened to be leaving my job. I was working at Juilliard at the time, and my boss walks by, and he's an older gay man, and he's like, "Come with me to Jim Bar. Just come with me, have a drink. Oh, no. We've never really hung oh, out." No. So I'm like, "Tell us okay. what Jim Bar is." Jim Bar is a gay bar in Chelsea. It's on I think 23rd or 22nd. 22nd. You said gay bar in Chelsea. It's, it's I checked out immediately. <laughs> <laughs> it's a next- gay. It's next to the store that has the best poppers in New York City. Next door. No. Joe would know this. <laughs> Joe would know this. And it's a gay sports bar. It's one of the original ones. Like, it definitely was around before Boxers. Which is another really bad gay sports it's, bar. I had never been. This so was my bad. first time it there. It smells worse than Metropolitan. But that I, can't be possible. <laughs> <That> is, <laughs> I think it's entirely possible. possible. Yeah. But I loved it because for their happy hour, you buy a drink and they give you, like, two two like tokens for more drinks so my <laughs> boss bought all these drinks okay i'll give it a I'm shot i'm <laughs> wasted and i'm fucking horny so i go on grinder and i'm like no. fuck i need to get fucked this this guy messages me and he's right outside the bar and he's like come outside and meet me oh. so i say goodbye to my boss and i'm like okay bye i'm gonna get some dick and i go outside and i meet the guy and Which it's just your, your relationship to your bosses has not changed yeah my, <laughs> that is yeah. so true <laughs> And and he's this cute little Mexican guy who barely speaks English. So I'm like, okay, this is gonna be fun. So he's like, he, he's like, um, he's like, yeah, like I live in the Bronx. Do you want to like go back to the Bronx? And I was like, hmm, I don't go to the Bronx. <laughs> that's just that not within I my bandwidth. I was like, that's just not what we're doing. The and then most I was, Dennis response of all time. <laughs> yeah. 
So then I'm like, I'm like, do you want to come back to my place? I live in Park Slope in Brooklyn. And he's like, no, that's too far. Yeah. And I am wasted out of I mean, my that mind. That's like the New York City conundrum, though. Yes, it yeah, is. It's oh, like, it's where so do you my go? My place or your place is like either 40 minutes that way on the or train or 40, 40 minutes, minutes that, that way. way. I mean, just, just saying from back home, like driving, the idea of driving like two hours for a hookup is crazy, but you will ride the train for that here. Mm. No, you yeah. won't. I will. Joe, Joe <laughs> That's the difference between the two of us. <clears throat> I, 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 but it's like the thing is, no, it's like it's like if you live in South Brooklyn, but you want to see somebody in Astoria. Oh yeah, that right. shit's gonna take a really long it's fucking time. That's true. That dick better be bomb though. That dick better be bomb. If the dick is bomb, it's worth it. Traveling for good dick is better than that's bad true. dick next door. And there is, and there is good dick in Astoria. That that's, was that I have experienced. Should be in a fortune cookie. That is true. Thought life lessons. That's a thought life. That's really good. So so he just so I'm like okay so what are we gonna do. Like, I'm like little boat, fucking little boat peep here. And he's like, we'll find a spot. So I'm like, okay. So we're like walking down the street. We're holding hands. Suddenly. The funny thing is the popper store next door to that has a back been, room where you could have fucked. That's, that is what we should have done. Clearly. See, but but instead, that's why we have the food for thought group chat now. Yeah. Right. That yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Oh my that God, is true. Because somebody but would instead, know that But instead, we make a right onto West 17th Street. We walk down West 17th Street for like half a mm. block. And it's this mm. beautiful street, like West Chelsea. Village. Mm-hmm. Che- yeah, Chelsea. Beautiful townhouses. Very wealthy. And all of the townhouses have like a gate. And you can mm-hmm. walk into the gate mm-hmm. and go up the stairs to the townhouse or down the stairs down to the, the garden stairs. apartment, mm-hmm. which of course used to be servants' quarters. Ugh. So he guides me down the stairs and we walk to the end of this little alley. We are literally underneath the sidewalk, underneath a sidewalk grate, and he fucks me Ugh. next to a Ugh. garbage can standing Ooh. up. <laughs> Teams mm. fell out. Wow. And that's not how I expected this to go. <laughs> and I am, the entire time that this is happening, I am just like, this is a bad decision. You are starting a new job this week when you're going to be working with children. You're going to get caught and your mother's going to have to bail you out of jail for taking it up the ass on West 17th Street. <laughs> oh my God. Exactly what I'm thinking the entire time. Taking it up the oh, ass yeah. on, on West 17th Street. <laughs> it was like, in my head, that was going to be the charge. No, that, like, the specific charge. Absolutely... I was like, it's going to be on the cover of the New York Times. Like, bitch, child. Like, <laughs> yes, you are absolutely like, the first new person teacher. ever to take it up the <laughs> yes, ass on West 17th Street. <laughs> oh my God. Those this are the layers of I'm a thinking. shame spiral for real. Yeah. For real. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so we finish. We exit the alley and we start walking towards the train mm. and he actually starts asking me he's like oh what do you do and I say I'm a t- I, I teach and I write and he says he asks me in his like broken English if I'll teach him how to like write how to t- teach him oh, how to write in English yeah, yeah, yeah. and at this point my first thought is okay I need to like exit from this situation <laughs> but then we get to the subway entrance and we see the sign and I realize that we have left my glasses oh, by where we fucked he took God. them off and we've walked this block and a half, and mm. I have been walking without my glasses. Dennis, you're blind can't see a damn without thing. your glasses. But How yeah. did you not notice that? Because I was you drunk as hell. Dick, I was drunk as hell. Dick Dickmatized. Hella drunk. So I, also, sometimes you don't realize until yeah. you have to read something. Until you have yeah, to write. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had to read it because I needed to know which side of the street to go on. So I'm just like, fuck. And I'm like, okay, we need to go back. And he's like, okay, I'm going to go. And I was like, no, no, the hell you're not. And I pull him back with me because I can't really see. Because so you're like, go, come back, come back. I'll teach you how to write. I'll teach you how to write. I need to find my glasses. I'm blind Fucking, without them. You're like Sandra Bullock in Freedom Riders. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh. Oh. Exactly. 
Probably. No. Oh All that God. to say. Yes, Dennis is the epic white woman of the story. Surprising <laughs> no single-year-old martyr oh, white woman. Oh, my God. And Damn. so, I, and Sandra Bullock in the net. <laughs> yeah. Basically, Sandra and Bullock Sandra in every Bullock movie. In blindside. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was going to say except Blindside, but you're right. You're right. I see you. I see that. So we go back. We find my glasses. Um, we say our goodbyes. I get on the train. The next day is Saturday. I text the Italian. And, and he was supposed to meet up on Saturday. We were supposed to meet up the next day. Okay. I just had a feeling that it wasn't going to happen. And so he texts me back, and he's like, we've just finished dinner. Like, I'm going to leave in a little bit to come see you. And I'm like, great. Oh. I, like, shower. I douche, because at that time I was douching. An hour later, I haven't heard from him. And I text him again, and he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I, like, can't. I, like, can't get out. <gasps> I hate when, okay. I hate no. douching, douching. And it's not a thing. Mm-hmm. For someone oh, who doesn't worst. show up. Mm-hmm. I tweeted this worst. week that 2017, like my metaphor for 2017 is like douching for a top that doesn't show up, but then yes. still somehow gives you crabs. Oh, it's <sighs> without it's, having oh even God. showed up. Like, it's the worst. The I, worst. I actually, I, I don't douche anymore because I don't need to, but. Um, <laughs> Could you just like, clean I'm, as a whistle? What? What is your reasoning? Um, I am clean as a whistle. Yeah. And it's just not, it's not a thing that I seem to need you to You eat do. mac and cheese like every day. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> clean as a whistle. <laughs> All of the above are true. All of the above are true. It's insane, oh. but it's true. So I, I but the thing is, like Dennis like prides himself on Dennis knows what Dennis on insides is. Yeah, which yeah. Is like, yeah, I do. Yeah, that's very true. He I do. Like, like once a month and bottoms the other twenty nine days. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wish that was true. It's all, it's all, all the back and cheese so blocks the entrance to the large and small. <laughs> it was like the most idiosyncratic mutant <laughs> power of all time, oh, and but. it was given just to me. Thank you, Jesus. So I so I te- so I, I text him and I'm like. Oh, I'm really sad. Like, you're going back to Italy tomorrow. I'm really, I'm like really sad. And he's just like, he, he's like, you think we're never going to see each other again? And I'm like, I totally think we're never going to see each other again. And he starts telling me that he comes, he comes to New York pretty often and he does want to see me. And then he says, but I need to be honest with you and tell you something. And I'm like, what? And he says, so I am married. <gasps> Knew it. Linguini. Uh-huh. I have. Linguini. I have <laughs> he, he's, he's married. Sorry. That's how they gasp in Italian. <laughs> <laughs> He has Alex is so mad. <laughs> he has a husband wow. Wow. in Italy. He's wow. not married to a woman. He has a husband okay. in Italy. Okay. Okay. And he okay. wants to be okay. open, but his husband doesn't want to be open. And then he proceeds to tell me that he does have hoes in different area codes, but he would like yeah, yeah, me yeah. to be his New York hoe. Ooh. I mean, not in so much, so much language, but that's that's what he's exactly. Yeah, in the area, we are all yeah. the thought in an area. We are, code. We are all someone's all true. Yeah, true. it's so yeah. True. true. This message comes from iHeartRadio sponsor Mercury Insurance. If you're looking to save some money, you should really think about getting a quote from Mercury because Californians save an average of six hundred seventy-seven dollars with Mercury. It's quick and easy, and in just a few minutes, you might find you could save a lot of money on your auto and home insurance. Plus, Mercury was named one of America's best insurance companies by Insure.com four years in a row. Low rates, big discounts, great insurance. Go to mercuryinsurance.com today to get a quote. It's crazy how much we have to pay for outdated, impersonal health care, and even crazier that we all just accept it. It's time to face facts. Health care is backwards. Luckily, there's Forward, a new approach to primary care that's surprisingly personal and refreshingly straightforward. Forward never makes you feel like just another patient. Backed by top-rated doctors and the latest tech, Forward gives you access to personalized care whenever you need it. 
Using in-depth genetic analysis and real-time blood work, Forward's top-rated doctors provide you with in-depth insights to better understand your genetics, mental, and physical health. They then create custom, easy-to-understand plans to help guide you to achieving long-term health. With Forward, you get unlimited in-person visits with your doctor and access to care anytime via the Forward app, all for one flat monthly fee. It's time to stop accepting backwards health care and start moving your health forward. Visit GoForward.com today to learn more. That's GoForward.com. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, this is Rex Chapman. You might know me from my former life as an NBA player or from my spectacular fall from grace, or maybe just follow me on Twitter. Now I'm hosting a new podcast called Charges with Rex Chapman. Each episode centers around an interview with a famous athlete or entertainer who ran afoul of the law. We'll relive their rise to fame as well as their fall from grace and hear their side of the events that changed their lives forever. And uh, really want to let people know with the people that we're going to talk to that you're never as bad as your worst moment as long as you learn from it. You know, I'm, I'm planning on having guys on, the guys I know, guys I don't know who've run afoul. Uh, we call it charges because you've been charged with something. It was an ugly time. It was a tough time in your life. And that moment when it happened to you is really painful to talk about. Uh, but I think it's cathartic, and I think people will get a lot out of it. Listen to Charges with Rex Chapman on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So I'm kind of into it, and we um, we kind of settle on being in touch, and we actually did end up maintaining contact for a long time. But I never, no, I I never saw him again. What's the point? There, well, we're not in touch anymore. What is the point? Um, once I left, once I moved out of (laughs) Brooklyn, (laughs) (laughs) because basically the people that he would stay with in Brooklyn that are family friends are friends of his husband. So he's like, they can't even know what I'm doing. So once. While I was in Brooklyn, I was, like, convenient to him because he could walk between their place and my place. But now, wow. like, since I told him I moved to Harlem, I've never heard from him again. Wow. Which is completely fine because I've learned lessons. But um, the lessons. thing I want to say Zaddy about Zaddy, Zaddy lessons. lessons is that this, I wish that this was the first time. But it's not the first time. But this was one of the biggest moments in my life where I experienced a white man who, as they often do in my life, at least in my life, overpromised and underdelivered. Word. Yes, and that was that's one of the a condition I of whiteness. What are yes. you that's a condition yes. that is literal. I was actually thinking about this today in critical race theory. This is actually a literal condition of whiteness. That is what white people did yeah. to get black people to come on the ships with them and come to America. Uh, like over a little bit more under, than that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> a little more than that. But you can boil it down. <laughs> you can boil it down to over promising and under. Actually, it's just you? like literal subjugation. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like yes. military yeah. Sub- yeah. subjugation. It was horrible. And, and, and settler imperial <laughs> colonialism. But it's really all just all about Dennis's sex things. life. It wasn't just like, about my sex life. It wasn't just like uh, like an imp- like uh, like an infomercial. <laughs> it's like it's like impure thought, middle passage. That is not our brand. That's not what that it is was. not our brand. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, that was that was my experience with the Italian. 
I will say, I, I do still love Italian men, though. I do. Okay, well. I do. With that caveat, let's move on to the next. Putanesca. Putanesca. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, hello. Once again, it's Tommy T's Pico. And today for the meat of our conversation, the thought process spelled T-H-O-T. T-H-O-T. We're going to be talking about mentors, friendsors, icons, and zaddies. But first... I wanted to open with the North Star. Oh. Is anybody intrigued? Mm. Intrigued. So, our North Star is called Polaris. Mm. It's the star in the sky around which all other stars revolve. Mm. As the true North, it's the only fixed point in the sky. Mm. The sky doesn't actually move. It's the Earth that's moving, right? But the reason why Polaris looks like it doesn't move is because it's positioned right above the North Pole, along the line in space that includes the axis of the rotation of the Earth. Mm. Metaphorically, however, Polaris is the place you look to to orient yourself. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's the star that you roar, you row towards. It's your mm-hmm. rock. It's the known quantity against mm-hmm. which you measure Everything. Everything. Mm -hmm. But it's not actually that simple. Because as the Earth rotates, it also wobbles Mm -hmm. like a spinning top. Mm -hmm. I saw Dennis's back just arch. (laughs) (laughs) So if you think about the top of a spinning top, it kind of does this. Mm -hmm. It traces a ring in the sky. And in that ring, whatever star lines up to the top of that ring, can potentially be the North Star. But mm-hmm. we're talking about, like, this happens on the order of, like, every 20,000 years, there's, like, a new star, right? So, like, right now, our North Star is Polaris, but at the height of the Babylonian Empire, when they were mm. building the pyramids in Giza, um, when they were building Stonehenge, the North Star was different. Mm. And it got me thinking that As people who wiggle around a little bit, (laughs) um, when you are atypical, when you aren't reflective of a Mm. monoculture, if you're gay and black and differently abled and, 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 you don't always have the luxury of being able to row towards one star, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. It's intersectional. And it got me thinking about this line, this famous line from an Audre Lorde poem called, Who Said It Was Simple?, when she addresses intersection by saying, I, who am bound by my mirror Mm. as well as my bed, see causes in color as well as sex, and sit here wondering which me will survive all my liberations. Mm. So, celestially, our planet is allowed to have a ring of North Stars. Mm. And so I'm curious about all of you. Who have been some of your... North Stars. Who were some people in your life, or maybe authors or pop stars or teachers, who you rode towards when you needed orientation or guidance? Mary Tyler Moore. (laughs) (laughs) Have you guys ever seen the Mary Tyler Moore show? I can absolutely see you throwing your hat in the air. Yeah. Um, Perfect sense. When I first moved to college, I was extremely depressed. I was in a terrible relationship. I I went to a school where I had zero friends. Um... 
and I like felt like I had just gotten good at high school. Like you know how everyone mm. was really like excited for college. That was never me. I was like, I just got good at high school. I want to stay here. I don't want to go to college. Mm. So Mary Tyler, the Mary Tyler Moore Show, which every season, every episode is on Hulu and YouTube. If you want to watch it, um, which you should, is a hundred percent. Um, yeah, uh, my, my, like, ne- not necessarily my mentor figure, but my North Star, I always thought about her and her achievements. And the show was really ahead of its time in yeah. that it had a singular character with a goal that wasn't another man. Mm. Right, right, right. And I was that was ask, so like, revolutionary for like, its time. Like, what about it, like, like, um. It still is. I feel like it still is mm-hmm. who you are, that show. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's still, like, one of the most, uh, like, Emmy-winning shows ever. Like, but, Teebs, you were asking something. Sorry. Oh, no, I was going to... I was... Uh, the, the, the follow-up to that question, though, was just, like, what is it that you saw in that person mm. that you felt reflected you and maybe, like, wanted... That, you, that wanted to push you. Yeah, that was aspirational. <laughs> that made, they made, you, made you push further. I loved that she was powerful but was constantly thrown through obstacles and mm. constantly, like, not necessarily made mistakes but had to roll with punches because mm-hmm. she didn't know everything that there was to know. I felt like her brand of, of of capability was still very accessible. There was a humility and a power to her. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that to me, I like grew up in the Midwest. I was I'm not very humble anymore. But like at the time I was <laughs> I just didn't believe in myself at all. I, yeah. I didn't feel like I had access to or could or really had the knowledge span to do anything. Yeah. Um, and so I think Mary Tyler, like I saw myself in that, and Mary Tyler Moore is kind of pretending to be something that she was until... And she started like yeah. a genre of sitcom stars that certainly inclu- includes Tina Fey and Amy Poehler's character. Yeah, NBC exactly. Sitcoms that are both like, both hyper-competent and also like kind of a fucking mess in certain yeah. ways, but you mm-hmm. so root for them because they're so good at what it is they do, and like you kind of see their both their humility and how like aspirational and goal-oriented they are. You yep. can totally identify Right, with. or like uh, like a like you know uh, B Arthur in Maud or right. um, Murphy Brown Murphy or Brown. yeah mm. like a whole lineage of leading ladies yeah, yeah. In, in sitcoms but and also I always felt like with Mary Tyler Moore there was something radical about the ways in which she was like more classically feminine like I love B Arthur I'm all yeah B. Arthur but there's a way in which Mary Tyler Moore was a, was a bit more sort of classically feminine than some of the other leading ladies at the time and, and a fashion even, icon who, yeah and amazed. a fashion icon she's and amazing. she was taken seriously and she was really smart and driven and like mm. did so much and so um that that just makes perfect sense to me when I think about you Fran because of the ways in which I feel like you defy some of those labels and you just like do what you want to do and you're who you are mm. and um like that lineage like her as an inspiration or a north star mm-hmm. for you so to speak makes a lot of sense mm. and that's one of my favorite things about her what about y'all i um this is joe i you know i actually my therapist dr eric this week um told me an incredible thing that makes me so happy to be on this podcast but he literally said to me he was like i'm so glad you're doing that because it's like one of the very few places where you're allowed to be all of yourselves mm. and still a somewhat professional mm-hmm. setting it's like you're allowed to be gay you're allowed to be sexual you're allowed to be political you're allowed to be a scientist you're allowed to be a writer i have a con- and con- you're allowed to be dumb and, as fuck too and, and, yeah and dumb and like obsessed with dumb pop culture shit um i have a constellation Mm-hmm. Um, their mentorship for me, I, I, I'm a scientist, right? So scientist is a, a field defined by and built by mentorship. So one of my North Stars to this day remains my PhD advisor, who is one of the scientists who also practices kindness, which is incredibly rare. Um, and which I've learned in the last few years is incredibly valuable. Well, how do you define um, kindness in that in that um, 
in that respect? Um, he was really smart um, and and obviously ambitious and driven himself, but really I think for me at least took like what was going to be the learning for me uh, and what was going to make me a better scientist as more important than my productivity. I didn't feel like a capitalist cog in a capitalist machine when I worked for him. I felt like, oh, I was learning and I was allowed to make mistakes and like I was going to get there eventually. I felt mm. mentored. Well, I felt mentored, not used. Right. Because I was thinking too about like what mentorship means in a capacity because it's like it's there are so many so many pe- positions of authority there's mentors there's priests yeah. there's teachers mm-hmm. there's bosses i mean we're always <clears throat> what we're talking about is like power but what is the responsibility of a mentor in that in that situation yeah. and also mentorship has different definitions for each person like some people will literally call that person my mentor yeah. and mm-hmm. they'll say yeah that person's my mentor but and and i've never had that kind of person in my life i've had people in my life that i would think of as mentor but as mentors but i would never say to them oh i'm so glad oh. you're my mentor mm-hmm. will you be my mentor yeah. i wouldn't be like oh my mentor said but I know people because don't say that. Because there's like maybe five of them. Yeah. There's yeah. like a displaying yeah. of people. Yeah, right? absolutely. Because, because there are so many divisions of our identities that like not one, no one person could like be the paragon of that for us. Exactly. Right? Also, Tommy, it's also a question of access. Like who has access to mentorship? Like doing a PhD right. in the sciences sort of formalizes mentorship. You have a PhD mentor. Mm-hmm. But I know mm-hmm. that I spent almost all of my life, again, this is Joe, outside of um communities where culture is made. I was outside of culture making, mm-hmm. and which means if you're trying to make culture outside of communities where culture is made, you have no mentorship. So well, at that point, especially when there wasn't none. like a YouTube or there wasn't a like... Right. But mm-hmm. that's the thing is my early writing mentors were people I knew only through their writing. Yeah. Like yeah. that's it. That is it. It's like I, yeah. you know, I view people like Hilton Owls. I as when I want to return to my North Star writing wise, it's his sentences that mm-hmm. I return to. And the fact that I know him a little bit now doesn't have to do it. He mentored me through his writing. Kiese Lehman mentored me through his writing mm-hmm. when I was younger. I mean, fucking like fucking Charles Dickens, fucking William Faulkner mentored me through their writing mm-hmm. and, uh, and forced me to think differently about the world. And it literally, I didn't know a writer. I didn't know a writer until I was in my 30s. I, right, because I, you have to yeah. pay attention. Like, it, so it teaches you how to read it yes. because when you pay more yes, attention yes, to yes. something, like, mm-hmm. Or whatever. Do you do you all have like writer like writer crushes that you feel like you write towards now, or that you did at a certain point? Oh, Karen Russell. I wanted to be Karen Russell like every single day of my life when I was reading her books. Mm -hmm. I like if you read the first. I wrote the first version of my novel. It was just like recreation of like what gay Karen Russell would be. (laughs) You know, shout out because you know Tony is listening to this podcast. Tony, (laughs) hi. Let me let me. Can I meet Karen? She can come on the pod. Um, but yeah, uh, I definitely, that would be my, uh, my writing mentor. I do feel like mentorship is also one of those things that's contingent on whether you have a personality that makes way for it. Fran does uh, not. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I have a really complicated relationship with mentorship. I, I mean, I, yeah, I just like, I have a lot. Explain. I, every person in my life that, who that might have taken me under their ring or had come close to being a mentor figure because I've had a lot of those people in my life that I'm really lucky that they're sharing resources with me with me or like helping me through things um, have inevitably eventually grown into thing people that were threatened by my success mm. and felt like it dwindled mm. their own or they tried to discard me or tried to eat me alive. That's um, like that's 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 like some some edible bullshit. And that yeah. happened that's happened to me 
Many times. I have a question, Fran. You said that it had to do with your disposition. Do you think that it was these people who were threatened by you, or do you think there was something in you that sort of... Well, I I imagine it's because I'm a very threatening person. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I mean, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, my personality, I mean, one of my pet peeves is when people tell me what to do. Um, So (laughs) that is why I don't... Mentorship is your pet peeve, I'm really, I'm really doubtful of when people tell me things what to do, when people tell me how to do things. So, like, I'm really grateful for the people that are willing to be my teachers, but more often than not, I learn how to do it my own way or learn how to do it better. But I think that's really interesting because, like, I don't really think of... Men, like when I think of the mentors that I've had in my life, I don't think of them as people who have told me what to do or how to do it. True. I mean, same. They, You're yes. right. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know, having, like, mm. I work in youth development, so it's a totally different thing, but I actually have students at my organization who consider me to be their mentor, which to me is, like, strange, because I don't think I should be mentoring anyone, but that is true, and one of the... Th- one of the tenets of that kind of work is that you're not like telling people what to do mm-hmm. because people are empowered to make their own choices and everything about your practice has to facilitate people making their own choices. Mm-hmm. What your job is, is to help them look at the pros and cons of different things to help them get what, when I worked in retail, we referred to as a helicopter view, meaning that you mm-hmm. have a full understanding of what's happening and then you can make a sort of informed decision based on your own growth. And like when I think about the people who have been mentors to me, both in writing and in life, they have never just been like, "Don't do that," or "Do that," oh, or right. "Do it this way." Yeah, they because because there's there's it's, it's not attached way. to a kind of and in, in, to like a, a rhetorical mode of like being a didact, no, right? It's which, which is the difference the difference of like being a teacher, yes. like in the in the way that like mm-hmm. American like yes, educational yes, yes. system would would define a teacher, and like being a mentor, it's like I feel like that relationship is a little bit more pliable. Mm-hmm. Whereas Absolutely. like with, with I don't know, I sometimes think like. Um, a mentor and 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 feel free to to dispute me on this but like sometimes i feel like a mentor is somebody who like helps ferry you from a place of like in um of imitation mm. to like um distinction yes that's yes. beautiful like you're no longer mm-hmm. you're no longer yeah. copying your master yeah you become yeah. a thing that is uniquely your I, own. Would, I would say for me it's all, mentors and at both as someone who's mentored scientifically and who starting to mentor in the writing community it's about opening space and possibility mm-hmm. so fran you're absolutely right it is about sharing resources it's mm-hmm. about making mm-hmm. people feel like yeah. not only can you write the book that is going to get published someplace amazing not only do you have that capability imagine writing that book imagine the possibilities for it and then also I'll help you get that book into the world right it's mm. it is yeah. sort of like it is that professional development portion it's the artistic development and the professional development mm. together yeah. that's part yeah. of mentorship Me- and mentorship is also a word that just has a weird weight to it like it, it has a, you you picture a certain person in your head when you say the word mentor Absolutely. but like it it currently like I don't necessarily have any like extremely consistent mentors mm. unless you think about our group chat as mentorship. It mm. is. If you it think, is. if you hashtag Lateral food for mentorship. thought group chat. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Peer mentorship. Because, and that's, mm-hmm. that's me. Like the, my greatest mentors right now are my peers. Mm-hmm. I have friend, a friend in San Francisco who gives me so much advice, gives me so much consultation that costs zillions of dollars for free because he loves me and we love each other and we talk each other our ideas out um my friend our uh, friend of the pod michael george who shoots all of our photographs um he and I, the fuck out and to michael george yeah, so hot cute. oh my god national geographic and new york times photographer totally i'm not worth his time but so he cute. gets he and gets such breakfast a with me human being yeah. Too. Yeah. yeah and he gets breakfast yeah. with me every month and we talk about our goals and we talk about our our the things that we want to accomplish and yeah it's mentorship. Those, like lateral like I, this is what i wanted to call it friendorship yes right yes. Where, like it's oh. a 
the thing that can keep hashtag you, yes, friends it, but mother. that's the thing that can keep you really hungry <laughs> together because it's not like any one of you has a position of prominence over the other. So it is not a power relationship, right? But it is oh, one wow. of encouragement, encouragement, and it's like yes. one of permission. Yeah, oh, permission. Oh, yeah. and it's also permission to imagine doing to imagine winning the National Book Award. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like right. to imagine having a bestseller book that's also weird and queer as fuck, where it's like you don't have to give up what you care most about in order to get the thing that seems like success or achievement. And it's that we're doing this together. Yes. I'm not yeah. leading you and I'm not leaving yes, you behind. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, we are Lift. we're in the trenches together. Yeah. It's my favorite saying in the world, lift as you motherfucking climb. I feel yes. so incredibly mm. lucky to be in a writing community, more so than a scientific community. That's another whole a whole oh, nother story. So but where people lift as they climb. Every mm. opportunity that my close friends get, I'm not jealous of because I'm happy for them. And I also know that like as we're on this journey together, we respect each other's work so much. We are pulling each other up. Tommy, you're so incredibly generous with like people you know and editors. We all are Time to one gen- another, yeah. you know? Like and, and then and Alexander Chi comes to mind. It's like so oh, totally yeah. the most generous. I mean person that's what mine when we were talking about yes. North Stars that we rode towards. So yeah. like mine was so I had a I had a list of a few um uh Janet Jackson. Um, because like that was yes. my first favorite pop star and I just wanted so to good. move like her you know what I mean yes. um, The Little Mermaid <laughs> The Little Mermaid she's after that white man um, mm-hmm. and just like like you know it was like somebody who was like because I ne- have never felt this way where I would give it up I would give it all for some I would give up my gift for somebody but it was like I kind of did aspire to feel like I could love somebody that much could anyone imagine Teebs giving his voice away for anything oh like God. I mean Maybe no. to be a voiceover in like a Disney villain. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be amazing. No, but the thing is, I have my voice now. When I when I was into the Little Mermaid as like a kindergartner, um, <laughs> it was because I didn't think I had one. Oh wow! So I was like mm-hmm. idealizing somebody else's like talent or whatever. Uh, Sherman Alexie, who yes. is like this American Indian poet and author and stuff like that, who like I, after I read his book the summer of black widows in 12th grade i was like if somebody who came from an indian reservation could be like a professional poet and get out the get out the res like i could do that too definitely Mm -hmm. and he's actually like he came this is a weird thing he went from being like a sort of like psychic icon or like a person whose shit that i read into actually being kind of a mentor to me kese lemon is the same way Mm -hmm. for me it's it's very bizarre it's really weird right to then to be like oh then i had to like sign this contract and he was like do you want me to have my lawyer look it over and i was like Trevor Alexis asked me do do i want and like not to charge me nothing and to be like this is this man who's like maybe want to leave the res when i was in seventh grade like you absolutely can't let your lawyer look over anything (laughs) that i do b um So then in writing wise, it was like, I always tell people like I'm at the intersection of like A.R. Ammons and June Jordan. Like, yes. so A.R. Ammons is like this crusty old white dude, but like he writes book length poems. And I feel like the way that he comes to poems is the same way that I come to poems. Whereas like June Jordan is all fucking energy. You know what it I mean? Is. Like mm-hmm. she is just Short like. poems, but man, yeah. do they sing. And, and like also like her performance of them. I don't know. Yes. Like she's just somebody who I'm like, she's like a firecracker, you know? Yeah. Um, and then my actual mentor, Pamela Sneed, who I met like through queer art mentors, um, Alex Chi, just Absolutely. Uh, he's like always been somebody to give me like a shoulder, an ear, a voice, or whatever. All and of the he, thoughts have texted or emailed Alex Chi asking for advice or help. And, yeah. and once again, yeah. he's so generous with his yeah. so generous. And that's ridiculous. And that like the the fact that first of all, we all respect his writing so much and his sentences and stories are so beautiful and that he also will give us writing advice and that he will also open up opportunities for us. I mean, like, 
it's just when people when people who are good at their jobs are like that, there's no excuse to yeah. be good at your job and addict to people. Mm. Like you yeah. can't mm-hmm. like there's just no reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can be successful and also a good, generous person. Which is yeah. not that. And that's because of the fact that he doesn't just like he doesn't have professional insecurity, man. Right. Because right. Yeah. Right. that man is like fucking right. doing his shit. Doing you know what I mean? Like there is no like there is no critique on that man's hustle. Yeah. It's not at all. And to do as much as he does for as many people as yeah. he does and to do it so generously and kindly and without asking for anything in return. Yeah. Like there, um, one of my earlier writing mentors is someone who I still like greatly respect, but it was challenging because there were times when I felt like she had expectations that I do certain things. And I'm like, I actually can't do anything for you. Like I'm not in a position to do anything for you. Wow. And um, what I will say is that I feel like I learned, I began to understand what true mentorship was when actually Angela Fernoy became a friend of mine. She taught me at a workshop a couple of years ago. She took an interest this in is the Dennis, story by the that way. I wrote. This is Dennis. And she, um, for the next, like, I mean, since then, she has done so much. And she actually was the person who guided me towards Alex Chi as well. Mm. She was like, every any opportunity you ever get to work with him, you do. And when it came up, I, like, ran, like, I, like, went for it and got it. And um, that was when I began to learn that true mentorship to me is is about paying it forward and it's just about and that's not to say that you can't like that it can't be a give and take in certain in certain ways mm-hmm. but like it's a very selfless generous thing to do and what is like the instinct behind that because like i think all four of us me dennis joe fran like we've all at certain points come at certain points come from being like the person who was like seeking guidance yeah. to a person who is sometimes like guiding somebody yeah, yeah. whether it's like you're editing their thing you're a teacher of theirs you're a mentor of theirs you're writing recommendations for yeah. them or whatever and it's like what is at the base of that impulse it's not is it is it is it altruistic is it well i think there's a certain amount of humility that comes with it Mm. because you understand that part of an essential part of your path to whatever success you have achieved has also been people who took an interest Mm -hmm. in you Mm -hmm. like when we all met at tin house when i got the tin house scholarship i texted angela and i was like thank you so much for all of your encouragement and all of the ways in which you've helped me in the last like eight months or so and she was like like each one teach one like that like yeah. like people have done all of this for me and i think you're really talented and i want to do it for you and it's 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 just about understanding that like yes like your your talent your hard work can get you where you're going to go but there are also going to be people who will open doors for you and you have no control over that so it's important to be grateful and do what you can in return just, on your knob game yes just like when game. Tommy had the idea to make this podcast and mm-hmm. we were like who do we know in the audio community yep. and Julia Alsop and Mitra Kaboli were like mm-hmm. came over and like we yep. got them wine and they we literally they let us ask them questions of the, of the Whatever, podcast yeah. the heart yeah of yeah, the, the podcast the heart which, which was is we actually made podcast. our debut on yeah we, we did, did. Yes, yes, we we did. oh my god that's we so true i also think about this movie funny people hmm, i don't know it It was like it's... a movie with it was like oh, the yeah, only yeah. adam sandler movie that i don't hate he no. is a trash person yeah oh. but it was Republican, like zionist awful wait he's never what it was Dennis. I didn't How know you surprised. I didn't know that either. I mean, That's I weird. haven't thought about Adam Sandler in literal years. Yeah, but. why are you saying it? Everyone stop saying Adam Sandler. <laughs> but it was, but the, it was the collision of. Let's go get back into the fiction of this movie. It was the collision of a group of younger comedians. So it was like, um, like Jonah Hill, Aubrey mm-hmm. Plaza. Oh, wow. Um, uh, wow. Yeah, uh, yeah. What's his name? I Master of None. Movie. 
Aziz Ansari. Um, Aziz Ansari uh, and like Seth Rogen. And then they were wow. all coming up under like, it was like sort of like Adam Sandler, like Janine Garofalo, like that whole older. Oh, she's great too. I, I, she wasn't, I don't think she was like really in the movie as much, but it was like, mm. it was like the collision of like those two worlds. And it yeah. was like one of them became a personal assistant to like one of the older comedians yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And it was just like that, um, you know, it, it, it spoke to this idea that like, even if it isn't a conscious effort, there is like a grooming situation going mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. right? That like it, they were interacting, but like one of them was kind of like, "Oh, I'm just like doing this on the stage every night," and he was just like, "Why are you doing that? Like, why are you always talking about how bad you are? Like, why don't you talk about you know?" So it was like they were like, um, mm-hmm. so it was like the so the o- o- older generation sort of by osmosis directing right. the yeah, yeah, the yeah, younger yeah, yeah. generation to like. Right. Make it cleaner. Pick it up. That's do it right. in two minutes and Set not five. High expectations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and so it made me wonder: like, are there are there situations in which like you've been in maybe a contentious relationship with an authority figure mm. that you then later kind of understood as maybe a grooming or a mentoring situation? Because I always mm. think about this with like my father, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, "So I'm from." Again, this is Tommy T. Seiko. I'm from a reservation. My dad was a tribal chairman from before I was born until I was like 26 when he like decided to retire or whatever. And I remember just like sitting in the living room so many times watching him like practice his speeches, do it like I would I would see his like notes and I would see how he annotated the way that he said things and like how um how much he was all about not just like it was like the messaging the volume the tenor and that's the performance you, and like he was so Absolutely. attendant to his own voice and attendant was, to his own voice that is you and but then like I, the, at that time i was like why am i here and not playing outside with my friends yeah why am i not with my right. cousins right now what are you doing to me like why do i have yeah. to be here and it wasn't until later like much later like into like my late 20s early 30s where i was like Oh, he was teaching me something. Mm-hmm. Like he was actively yeah. grooming me to pay attention to my voice the way that he had paid attention mm-hmm. to his voice because that's how you make people pay attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then like so it's like control. then I, you know I've just like been obsessively watching videos of Tiffany Haddish yeah. where mm-hmm. like she's just like she's got to bring the energy, she's got to be there, yeah. she's got to say things in a certain way, and it's like there are certain situations in her life that shaped her voice to the same yeah. way where I'm just like. <gasps> It's I like, want to be your best friend. Yeah, yeah. we all oh want to be her best I mean, friend. Come <laughs> on the show. Yeah. Speaking of grooming and mentors opening up possibilities, oh, good I want to pivot to sexual mentorship and like and like mm. the zaddy when yeah. it comes to uh-huh. how we are in bed. Were there people that you all had who sort of opened up? the butthole or the sexual, like uh, what queer <laughs> sex, you know, queer sex is sort of this weird thing where like, uh, when we were all growing up, it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't intuitive how to have sex no. in the same way it is. For and you didn't people. have the internet. Mm-hmm. You didn't have the internet. You couldn't watch as much gay porn. Like, it doesn't have the internet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't also, know Fran said that, up. and Fran Joe. definitely grew up with the internet. <laughs> so fuck you, Fran. With the internet. Come on. We had dial-up. I, I, I did we not. We had dial-up, but that was still the oh, internet. Um, but did you have people? Did we you had have... these things called magazines back in the day. <laughs> we did. I remember buying my first porn magazine. Interesting. Um, I remember seeing my first one. Did you, got, did you have sexual mentors, people who opened up possibilities of play? Absolutely. Zaddy, can you hear me? (laughs) Zaddy, can you see me? The first boy that I hooked up with. This is Dennis. I met him on a chat room for gay teenagers. And I was in eighth grade and he was in ninth grade. Is this in the basement of the Parmertown Mall? No. (laughs) This is not in the... Okay, so this is the second boy I hooked up with. Which is what we're always wondering. Actually, because there's that story. But I, like... (laughs) 
I dated this guy. He was like, I don't know, six, three. He was a freshman in high school. So to me, he was like an older man. And he was the first guy that I had a real substantial hookup with. He gave me hookup. a blowjob I mean, on the kitchen floor okay. of my house. It was super That's hot. Amazing. But that was the first time. I got head from you on yes. the kitchen floor. But he he was really <laughs> experienced. I wasn't. And he just kind of talked me through everything and made me oh. feel safe with everything. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, yeah, that was my is. first orgasm, actually. Oh, Like, what? in his mouth. Through. Does anybody have a lot of, like... I, we use the word, like, daddy to, like, be funny and for, like, punchlines. But does anybody actually use the word daddy in bed? No. Yes. Um, people have been <laughs> using it with me in the last month. Oh! Go on, Joe. I mean, because it, I don't... Been, what is that I don't, hand that rocks the cradle? I don't know what's been happening. I've only ever dated and slept with people within a couple of years of my own age. But I am now 34. I am officially <laughs> a faculty member at a university. And it has been very bizarre to me that the only people who've wanted to sleep with me are younger people. And they've been... One of them in particular was like, can I call you daddy? <gasps> How did you react to that? Uh, I made it into a joke. And then I said no. And then three weeks later, I kind of slept with him. And did you? Yeah. Did he call you daddy? No, no, no. no. Right. He kind of got that that was not okay for me. That's yeah. like it's, I like everything about him except for the fact that he's younger than me. What is it? What, not, was it what, 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 what was it about him calling you daddy that you couldn't get behind? I mean, it's just not. It's it's yeah. not hot to me to fuck someone younger. It just it's, isn't. It's like, also I actually like him, and we had great conversations, and I find him very attractive. But like his age is something that turns mm, me off. That's not a fetish. That for is you. also so like an, an the opposite. It's an infiltration. It's an infiltration of like me. the bed space for me. Like that I. Mm. I don't, I don't have amazing, like, super close relationships with my parents and my dad. Uh, I don't want to think about my dad. Same. I don't want to think about my family. The word is too associative to things that I'm on. The, the word is, is going to disagree because Dennis loves saying well, daddy. I do. First of all, I do love saying daddy. But what I will say is that <laughs> from, from a young age, I, like, by the time I was maybe four or five or six, somehow I understood that that word had different connotations and I stopped, I didn't call my father daddy. Like, from mm. a very young age. Mm. Dennis, just, is, Dennis has been felt, a daddy sexual since he was eight. It, mm. Like, it felt very <laughs> strange to me. And so I do absolutely call, like, if you can't deal with being called daddy in bed, then you can't fuck me because... Deal. But wow. this is the thing. Well, first of all, <laughs> ain't nobody around this table trying to sit on yo dick Joe. So oh put God. it back in your pants. And secondly, oh what I was going to say though is that for me, Dennis it's not actually about protest <laughs> it's not about Too age much. at all like i have been i have had guys who are younger than me fucking me and if they're putting me down i'm calling them daddy or calling them zaddy and to me it's interchangeable uh-huh. and it's not about age it's simply about the fact that they are putting it down so much that it's just coming out of me but oh, like God. But, and, but, I, and so, that's how i feel so, that's that's how I feel. so domination it's, is daddy for me, domination is daddy. Okay. It has nothing, nothing to do with age. And, nothing there, nothing and there's nothing me. Freudian in there for you at all? Ugh. I don't... Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes! It's Freudian! It's no, Freudian! I don't... It's spicy Freud! <laughs> I, can, I can honestly say... <laughs> I can honestly say... And maybe it has something to do with the, the fact that I sleep with so many white guys. But I do not think of my father at all. I, at all. Um, it does not cross my mind. My father does not cross my mind. You're shouting the name daddy in bed and your father doesn't cross your mind. No. But also, dad, again, dad, I love me, dad. I, <laughs> I refuse. Father never crosses my mind. If I said dad, if I said dad, it probably would. But I say daddy and I didn't call my father daddy. I I'm just sorry, doesn't. I quit soccer, dad. <laughs> Dad, I didn't make it to Eagle Scouts. I'm sorry. I'm bullish, I swear. Dad. 
head. Just like on climax. It's Amy. a face. <laughs> so we were all wrong. Dennis is going of- to be the first thought to quit the podcast. <laughs> I just mean things- to see dream girls. <laughs> None no. of those things are no. things I ever said. No. For it's a clear kilt. reason. It's not a skirt, Dad. <laughs> they're not skinny jeans. They're just slim fit, Dad. <laughs> it's thermal. <laughs> oh my god! My god! Should we? Is it time? To move it's on? time to move on. <laughs> I'm feeling like I'm full, but I could fit. One more mm. thing inside of me. Mm-hmm. Dennis knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, we're going to make it to the dessert course of our podcast. Fran, will you tell us what we got on dessert today? <sighs> knock, knock. Good afternoon, my good thoughts. I'm so uh, sorry to bother you. I will not um, open the door for this. I'm, <laughs> I'm here for I'm it. I'm just wondering if you have a moment to talk about whether or not you have accepted into your heart your Lord and Savior, Carly Rae Jefferson. <laughs> because <laughs> let me tell you... <laughs> Tell me about Carly Rae. She is a one-of-a-kind yeah. person. So a, a lot of people who know Carly Rae Jepsen know her for her, like, Earworm song, Call Me Call Maybe. Me, maybe. Which is, like, a, tra- a kind of a trash song, but it's, it's my like, favorite Carly super Rae catchy. It was, like, song. one of the most played songs of the summer. It. And it came out in 2012. And after 2012, Carly Rae Jepsen was confronted with the very real problem of being never taken seriously ever again in her life. She had this like kind of song that would kind of uh, put her in a niche in which people would never ever think of her music as good music. It should have been a one-hit wonder. And she, exactly. And she mm-hmm. should have been a one-hit wonder. And years later, she's like stewing, brooding, going on tour, thinking about what she wants to do. And um, takes a really, really long time to write what is her most recent album, Emotion, and then the Emotion B-Sides, which came out a year later. B-Motion. Yes. And um, <laughs> while in the process of writing this album she wrote over 200 songs very Tommy-esque very prolific writer (laughs) Um, in order to create this album and like uh, picked a selection of them and in order to produce these songs she reached out to people she admired people whose sounds she admired and asked Mm. them like Cole called them and was like come work on my album she's like Dev Hines come write a do a song for me mm-hmm. produce a song for me Sia produce a song for me Tegan and Sarah produce a song for me like Rostam from Vampire people. Weekend yeah. like produce a song for me like she was reaching out to people that she admired because she was like I love Speaking that Solange music video yeah mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like can you please do a song with me and now they're really good friends and she produced what was one of the most amazing albums to come out that year it still feels like it came out like this year it's so fresh to me it's mm. she's con- consistently my most listened to artist um but the thing and when i it's tommy t seco once again when i let the thoughts into the fact that like i had started to i had heard a carly Jepsen song this summer fran immediately sent out like an apb on yes. the food for thought group chat that he was like don't scare off this horse like just he like we're, we're going to let him into this like <laughs> like a frog in hot water just like little <laughs> You'll scare away the deer. Yeah, <laughs> don't scare away the deer. And I was like, and I was like, I was like, okay, be cool, Tommy. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Don't worry. And then I immediately send him a playlist that I had made in like forty seconds that had all of my favorite Carly Rae Jepsen songs that it I was really good. Jive with. It was really good. Um, and that is on my Spotify. If you want to follow me on Spotify, <laughs> uh, <laughs> never not plugging. But the thing that I love about Carly Rae Jepsen the most, the best thing, is that she's so in her music is so unafraid to be earnest. Mm. She is true. She is so unafraid to be corny, feelingsy, saccharinely, sweetly herself. Mm -hmm. And in an age where 
earnestness is undervalued. Yeah, we're, we're like in a climate of irony. Yeah, we love irony. We love sarcasm. Things. We are expected to be cool and chill unless you're Joe. And detached. In which case you're yeah. <laughs> yeah. unaffected by things. And she is countering that culture with so is many of her songs. Um, no, oh she God. is a Scorpio, which is insane. It does because she's really successful and Scorpios exactly. are prone to like a lot of success. Scorpios have as many feelings as Pisces do, but they yeah. tend to channel them into being successful monsters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 RuPaul's a Scorpio. Right. Hillary Clinton's a Scorpio. Just burn ourselves to death, which mm-hmm. also is good. It's yeah. also a good choice, yeah. Pisces. Also, mm-hmm. I when her album first came out, it was like very formative to like my summer and everything that I was going through. And I, I had a dream, like right after the album come, came out, I had a dream that I was at a party and I saw her there, and like everyone was surround was like surrounded around her, and like I I felt like I was like I know her, I know what she's going through, like I like I no one in this Let room understands her. her like as the way that I do, and like I just like waited and didn't say anything, and like out of nowhere, like the crowd kind of dissipated, and all of a sudden she was alone at this party, and I was like I'm gonna talk to her okay i'm gonna t- I'm, gonna, I'm gonna talk to her okay and so I, I walk up to her and i i look her in the eye and i and i grab carly ray jefferson's Brand arm is looking at me and grabbing me. i grab her arm and i say carly i'm so so proud of you and then the dream ended <laughs> but i am i'm so proud of her do you have a do you have a favorite jam what's your favorite carly oh my ray jefferson jam if, you had to choose, if, if it was like to cut you know gone to my head face uh gone in my head it's gonna be um I love the song "Cry." <laughs> I actually listen to that because, yeah, and uh, like because it's, it goes oh. like, "Wake up without you, flood in my room. I see your headlights." It's like such a like that song is like going is it vacillates on on desire because it's like mm. you want to give yourself over to somebody, but you also want to pr- be protective of yes. somebody who was like like potentially going to reject you because it's like they're already emotionally detached, right? And so it's like you don't want to spill your feelings to them, but it's so it's like so it's like. I understand that I'm going to wake up without you, but I also understand the fact that, like, every time you come by, like, I get nervous and I just want to give you everything. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I There's a song called Your Type, and it's about the two two people in a relationship slowly becoming people that they're no longer compatible with. Mm. And it's just like, I'm not your type anymore. And it's not about being shit. like, a phys- it's not shit. about being a physical type. It's not about being like, like a personality type. It's about just completely becoming a different person and you're no longer recognizable yeah, to them. Yeah. And that's another thing like, that her music is so inspired by the 80s and like everyone right now is having like a moment with the 80s it's like oh the 80s like man, 80s songs 80s piece whatever but if you listen to her interviews like she's like I love how sad 80s songs were oh, but the songs were so happy yeah, at the, same the time. music mm-hmm. and the melodies were so happy but mm-hmm. the lyrics were so sad and I loved that and if you listen to her 80s. songs that's what I mean, they feel like Robin has, has yeah. done that yeah. it's weird because I feel like there are like a lot of people who like do that 80s thing that re- retro 80s thing like really well like robin like carly ray where it's like that fucking psychedelic first song that's like um love my way like that gay song where it's like oh it's like it's it's it it hurts but it also is like uplifting there are a ton Mm -hmm. of people also doing that shit with like 90s r&b where it's like not like a luna george or people like that who it's like it's 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 not it's like a throwback but they're also doing it with like the with the the beat of today Yeah. yeah right Oh, shout out I'm to Carly Rae Jepsen. We do love her. You're our dessert. Good night, ma. 
This episode of Food for Thought is made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rosé and our partnership with Into, a digital magazine for the modern queer world. What are you into? <laughs> our engineer is Alex Mead Fox at Spaceman Sound Studios, and our producer is the electric boogie woogie woogie Alexandra De Palma. <laughs> hey, yeah. The spicy meatball. <laughs> the spiciest meatball. Oh, I'm Tommy Pico. <laughs> you can't be on. You can't find me on social media no more. But you can find me in a bookstore. I'm Fran. You can find me at Fran Squish Co on all social media and also now Spotify. Follow me on Spotify, you guys. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm really great on Spotify. I make amazing playlists. I have cover art for all of my playlists. Like, they look great. It's very curated. Very curated. I'm Joseph Osmondson. I have a book out. Buy that shit. Uh, all the information is available at www.josephosmondson.com. And I am Dennis Norris the second, and you can find me on Twitter at the Earl Denden, T H E E A R L D E N D E N. You can listen to Food for Thought on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your audio shows. Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, and we'll totally be friends with you until the end. The bitter end. <laughs> Find us on Twitter and Facebook as at Food for Thought Pod and on Instagram as at Gay Sluts Who Read. Sign up for our newsletter for episode insights, reading lists, and extra delectable content at foodforthoughtpodcast.com and send your questions, thoughts, concerns, and dick pics to thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com As always, that's food, the number four, and thought spelled how? T-H-O-T Thanks for listening. See you next week. 